And we are back. Yep. Welcome back to another week of the Bresen F1 podcast. I'm your co-host, Liam. Andrew, as always. We are coming off of a huge race weekend. Yeah, and um, we're actually recording a little after. We had a little, we had a COVID issue going on. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, we're coming to you. It's uh, Tuesday night. And um, yeah, we have a, a full, full packed podcast for you today. Yeah. So normally Liam and I will... We'll talk during the during the race. We'll talk after the race. We'll record, hopefully, pretty soon after the race. Yeah, we haven't talked much. We actually haven't. You like, I'm kind of happy that we saved everything for this podcast. Yeah, because usually we get on something that we're talking about, and we're just like, no, 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 stop, stop, save it for the pod, save it for the pod. Yeah, it gets too juicy sometimes. It so does, like, yeah, because you wanna... get you get deep into the conversation. Yeah, so we're we're coming pretty raw right now. This is raw, raw. Yeah, this is raw. Well, I mean, we'll start off with that quality round. Yeah. That was banana lands. I'll say it again. Um, <laughs> Liam's catchphrase. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, I think I stole that from someone. I'm not sure yeah. who it was, but yeah, that was uh, that was pretty fire. That was crazy. Um, the big story from Q1, obviously, Hamilton. Uh, I think for qualifying, we'll do like, you know, Q1, 2, 3 breakdown, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about, you know, the top 10 towards the end of qualifying. So sure. off the bat, yeah, Q1, Hamilton not getting through the next round of qualifying. First time since 09. Based, yeah, 2009 on merit. Based on merit. Yeah, I think yeah. it was, what, 2017 Brazil. He crashed out. Yeah. So this is based just on race pace alone. He just didn't have it. He just didn't have it. I honestly think, so prior to, obviously, the Grand Prix and qualifying rounds, we weren't sure if the Grand Prix was going to happen. That too, yeah. Because there was, what, bombing like 10 kilometers away. Or was it 10 kilometers or, tw- or something? Was it 10 miles? 20? I mean, if you're getting bombed anywhere within it's kind of crazy, your but own that's- country, I would be... Tough to say, like, let's go with it. Yeah, but I mean, that's normal for that country. I know, but... You know what I mean? It, it is, but how often do they host, you know, an international sanctioned event like this, where the whole world scale is watching? Not a lot. But that I mean, facility, Jeddah Track, is huge. Oh, it's beautiful, too. Beautiful. Probably the safest place in Saudi Arabia. You would think so, yeah, but it's also a high target if you think about it. Yeah, I know. Having but, all the, mean, the money that's there, the popularity, and like, all the people there, it's kind of a hot spot. It, it is a hot spot. Hot spot. Yeah. Could you imagine, though, if anything happened in the track? Well, a lot of the drivers were against it. I know, like, Lewis was against it. You know what I honestly think? I honestly think that Lewis, he was against it. Rightfully so. I totally understand his view. And Toto went ahead, and he was saying that it's normal for this country. said that we, sh- we should race. So you got your team principal and your number one driver not on the same page. And did Lewis just give Toto a big fuck you? Thank you, one. Did he just say, ah, Oh, my God. I don't know. You think it's going to go I that feel, deep? I think he's that kind of guy. I mean... I mean... Obviously, obviously, Lewis is very... He's an activist. He's an activist. He's a philanthropist. He's very much about, you know, the social media and, like, getting the social justice platform out the, there. The social aspect of life in general. But at the same time, like, he's a pretty hardcore competitor. For sure. And knowing, like, what happened last season, obviously, and, like, how close he came to winning his eighth title... Mm-hmm. I think this year he's more hungry than ever. Maybe the car's not performing as hungry as it should be. See, but I don't know. He, I don't think he's going to throw the bag, dog. Well, you got George Russell, who was, he was P4 at the end of Q1. Yeah. Lewis Hamilton was P4. How, there's, the cars can't be that different. Lewis Hamilton had the fastest track time around that la, that uh, that circuit last year. That's when last they, year, When though. they did that race. That's last year. Exactly. It's the new regulations, right? So how, how, do, you, how do you drop? He, he lost, I think it was like... His lap time, I'm going to actually check right now. I'll, I'll check. Yeah, well, I, with that, 
we've seen before the disconnect with drivers and their you know and their cars. Like look at Norris and and Ricardo, mm-hmm. especially last season and maybe even like a little bit this year too, um, just with where they qualified this this past race. But you know Norris and Ricardo had a big disconnect a lot of the time. Um, even sometimes with the Aston Martin last year, Vettel and Stroll were disconnect. Yeah, I mean it happens. You do see gaps, but I mean. From P four to P seventeen, that's huge. And he, he and, was and showing who it is too. It's Hamilton and, and Russell. Like it's not like a couple of scrubs. Yeah, he was he was three seconds off his qualifying pace last year. That's rough. Three seconds. That's a lot in Formula One. Yeah. And I mean you're coming from I think he his Q three was uh, a minute twenty seven point or sorry. Yeah, one twenty seven point from last year. From last year. This year he was a minute thirty point six. Yeah, yeah. but know. even then, like Checo's Checo's qualifying lap was a minute twenty eight point two. Yeah, so it does show that the cars are going. The slower. Cars are going slower, but, but but still, I love the fact like they can follow so close. Yeah. They can come back after DRS pass like that. Like oh, I know, I know. Sorry, we'll stay on. We'll stay on qualifying. See, we're getting ahead of ourselves now because we're just <laughs> uh, we're coming off the top of we're just rolling with the combo. Um, so that was Q one, the, the big surprise. I mean, the other the other competitors were like the Tifi didn't get through. Yeah. Um, who else is it? Um, I think both. I think both the Williams. I don't know if Albon got. In, uh, um, I'm almost positive he didn't get in uh, Q2. Let me just Hulken, check. Hulkenberg and Stroll. Did they get through? Um, I think Stroll did. I'm just. I've got to log back onto this. That's fine. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean the, the bottom five that didn't go through. The outlier was Hamilton, clearly. Yeah. So you who didn't make it out of Q1, you had Hamilton, Albon, Hulkenberg, Latifi. And Sonoda, who Sonoda. didn't start. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, in that order from 15 to 20. Yeah. And then your Q2, you had Lando, Ricardo, Joe Guan Yu, Mick Schumacher, Lance Stroll. Schumacher obviously had that yeah. horrible. That was a frightening crash, man. Yeah. So 33 think, Gs. So just taking away from Q1, that's the Hamilton, you know. That not, was the biggest story of Q1. Biggest and story of Q1. Q2 was Schumacher's crash. Yeah. Like, going as quick as he was through those, like, that chicane. Uh-huh. People were saying even last year, like when they first went to Jeddah, that it was kind of a scary track. It's like, a, yeah, because it is so flat out, but it's flat out with turns, the like curves, tight, too. tight turns. The curves are high. Yeah, another another track that's really flat out is Silverstone, yeah. but they're like long, winding, you know, turns that you go through. Yeah, this track, like you're you're, you know, you're weaving, you're bobbing and weaving. Yeah. Quick too. It's not like those sectors fast. are long; they're short sectors. I think it's twenty seven turn circuit. Yeah, and I mean for Schumacher to push like he was. It kind of gives like a lot of motivation and confidence to him, which I love because yeah. him coming out of the car last year with Haas, mm-hmm. they obviously had their struggles, but now with the new vehicle, it's like we're ready to go. And they're they're so confident push. about it. They're confident about that new ve- their their new car this year. Yeah, I think he was around P eleven anyways. Like he was on the bubble yeah, to even he, get into Q three without, yeah, without the wreck. Yeah, he was actually. I think he was P ten. He, he was P10? right P ten. He was really close. So yeah. for him to go out the way he Magnuson did, stole from him. Yeah, he did. He picked <laughs> him at the end. Again, what a race for Magnuson too. We'll get um, to that. We'll get to that. But yeah, for Schumacher's case, obviously, like looking at it from the broadcast was terrifying. Yeah. Um, they they did a good job though, showing like not like zooming in on the car because we've seen before like with just with soccer actually like you know Christian Eriksen from Denmark goes and collapses in the European Cup last summer. And they had the camera like fixated right on him for like five minutes. Yeah, he's like laying lifeless on the ground. It's probably not something that one, his family or his fans want right. to see. Right. So especially think, him, as you come out of it, and you're just like, they really just keep that on the video. For yeah. Me? So for F1 to you know not even show a replay until they figured out that he was actually okay. They didn't. 
Um, I was wondering, I'm like, why don't they show a replay? And then I was thinking, fuck, he could be really be hurt. Yeah, so for them it's to good do to see that, him get in the car. it was good for F1. Um, you know, it's we we trip F1 and the FIA so many times, but that was a, you know, thumbs up to them. Thumbs up to the FIA um, for handling that uh, properly. But yeah, he was able to you know get rushed to hospital. You know, hel- helicopter vacked out of there. Um, I think he came back the next morning to the uh, to yeah. The he track. was in the, he was in the garage. Yeah, um, so during the race, you know, big ups to him. Uh, obviously, he didn't race because the car was torn in half. Dude, they are. I think they're close to a million dollars in repairing that car. Jesus, that's what I saw on ESPN F one. If there's ever one, one million, actually, we just shared it on our story. Yeah, we did. Yep. Yeah. Let's check our Instagram account, Brazen F one Instagram. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if there's any, if there's one team that doesn't need any financial, like setbacks, it's Haas team. Yeah, I not know. knowing what's gonna happen in their future. But um, yeah. So he he obviously walked away from it. Uh, the car was torn in half. He didn't race on Sunday. Um, I don't really know what else, you know, was the big, big thing from Q2. Q2, that was pretty much it. And then, uh, took them, it was like close to an hour to get that car cleaned up. Yeah. It was a long time. That was yeah. a long qualifying session. I think it ran close to like two and a half hours. Yeah, it was long. Um, but, uh, yeah, out of Q2, nothing much else happening after that. And then you just had your, uh, your top 10 go through, which was, um, you had, uh, you had your Leclerc, who I think set the fastest lap in Q2 also. Yep. It was Leclerc. Uh, signs for Stappen, Checo were your top four, and then the others that made it into Q3 also were Russell, Alonso, Bottas, Pierre Gasly, Kevin Magnuson. That hey, guy's Mag, that guy is just putting in shifts yeah. at the Haas at the Haas car right now. I love I love watching him during the race with with that Hamilton battle. We're gonna get to that also. Yep, can't get too far ahead of myself. Um, but yeah, the biggest story in Q3 obviously is. It's your Checo. First pole ever. First that, ever Mexican driver on pole. Yeah. That first was pole from self. Probably one of the most surprising stats I've ever heard. Yeah. Well, 250 I mean, races. Yeah. That for himself personally. Pole. Yeah. Well, he's never had the opportunity really. Yeah. First time he's really in a competitive car. Yeah. Like we've seen, like I remember the Force India in like 2015 or something. He had kind of a quick car, mm-hmm. but that's when all the cars were more balanced. Yeah. He didn't have like the top two. No. Um. So he was competitive there. He obviously didn't win or get any podiums because mm-hmm. it wasn't until racing point. Uh, last two seasons where he actually made his first podium and then first ever win in the same year. Yeah. So that's when he got that, when they got that Mercedes. Yeah. The Mercedes. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, I mean, Checo huge for him. It came out of nowhere. Like he did. It came soaring in through the clouds. Like yeah. we were talking about how, you know, Verstappen is you know being Verstappen and how the Ferraris are finally competitive. It's amazing to see. And we were hoping for more of a three or four horse race. It looks like it's going to be a two like horse now. Yeah, I, I mean Ferrari and Red Bull. I think uh, the pace of all the Ferrari powertrain cars, though. Yes. Just uh, like I was in shock seeing that the Mercedes powertrain vehicles, like their cars, were below like ten to. They were like ten to twenty on the grid, ten to sixteen at the end of it because they had like three DNFs, a DNS, and yeah, Latifi if, crash. If Russell didn't get into Q two or uh, in Q three. There would be no Mercedes, no Mercedes powertrains in the top 10 for the first time. And I think they said like 20, 2006 or something. That's crazy. Something nuts like that. So Ferrari's definitely come back with some some great engineering. And yeah. like we were saying last podcast, their, that stint that they had where they weren't that successful. It's kind of nice that they're, you know, flapping their wings again. Yeah. Um, and uh, they got the horses running. Yeah. They're making up for lost time. They are. Yeah. It's great. I love seeing it too. Like it's. Like I was saying about Kevin Magnuson before and the Ferrari 
with the Ferrari uh, powered Haas, like, could you ever even have thought of Kevin Magnussen battling it out with Lewis Hamilton in a Mercedes? Not really. I mean, or even even him battling it out in let's say, uh, in anything, and a Ferrari or a yeah, an Alpine. It's just because like one like my memory of Magnussen is when they had him and Grosjean in that shitty ass like rich energy car. Like yeah, for three three years, and you know there were you know, huge like mechanical issues all the time. There were just like six DNFs based on just unreliable parts and everything. Yeah, slow car, and. You would see them maybe like around the tenth place, and then within, you know, six seven laps they just drop off, kind of like what they were last year, basically. Yes. Like if you ever saw Schumacher's name last year, and then P thirteen, it's like wow, Mick's doing pretty good. Yeah. And then you look away from the screen, come back five minutes later, it's P seventeen. You're like, how did this happen? It's like, how, yeah, how? So that's kind of <laughs> like how I knew Magnuson. I knew there's a good driver because he was he was better than Grosjean. Oh, for sure. I think Grosjean was brute. Yeah, he wasn't the best. He should stay in IndyCar. Yeah. But I think Magnuson's a, I think he's a better driver, and he was deserving of a better car. I mean, I don't think he should jump to the moon and go to like McLaren, Mercedes, Ferrari. No. But for seeing this year more than ever, like yeah, there is more balance, there is more parity in the cars and like mm-hmm. teams. So for him to be doing as well as he is, first of all, that's a huge like success story for Haas and for him coming back like he is. That, that's amazing. But I think the real main story is just where is Mercedes. I don't know. Because other than I don't know. Other than George getting it. other than George getting to the top ten, and then obviously we'll get to the race and how that finished out. There's been nothing really this year. Because like Lewis got his, his random podium last week in, in La- Bahrain. Yeah. But like that's kind of a bonus, but like undeserved. Yeah. They haven't really had much going on for them this year. No. And it's just they're drifting so far away from what they're used to and they're finally seeing adversity for the first time. And we're really going to see like the test of character between Hamilton, Russell, and especially Toto. Yeah, and I think that Mercedes has always been on top of the engineering and the improving. Like, obviously, you can't be an eight-time world uh, or constructors champion. You know what I mean? Without improving your car and um, you know building new parts, components, and stuff like that. So, seeing them not coming out of the gate with New parts. When we saw their aero package where they had the no side pods, right? Which were like, oh, God, is this like some Mercedes ingenious widgetry? We have no idea. Yeah. Um, but you also got to remember and think like Ferrari and Red Bull and and Alpine even, these teams at the top, they're not, they're not going to be slowing down their progression. So Mercedes is in a tough spot because they haven't really shown much progression, progression since the preseason testing. Right. So the, all these teams are, they figured out the porpoising. It didn't really look like Mercedes figured out the porpoising issue. Their car was still bouncing like crazy around the, around the track. So I think that it's going to be tough for them to keep up with these other teams in the next three races because yeah. they're just going to keep improving, improving. They've already gotten past that hill, that, por- that porpoising hill. Yeah. And um, I know it's probably maybe tough for them to get parts right now, shipped with everything that's going on with Russia. Um, but uh, I mean, that's going to be tough for every other team. And like we've said before, we know that Mercedes was really strong in the power and the and the durability department. But this year, it looks like it's a lot on the aero package and your chassis, the the weight of the car. We know that they're heavier. Um, the engines now, like they got to compete. Like Red Bull powertrains, obviously they had the hiccup in in Bahrain, but they were fucking blistering. Yeah, real quick. And same with Ferrari. Like you got now, you have two solid engines in the mix and. Your Mercedes is just nowhere to be found. 
And don't cut out the Renault right now, too, in the Alpine car. That battle between Ocon and for Alonso yeah. was... That was epic. All right, let's get to the, let's get to the okay, race. Okay, yeah, we'll get to the race now. So okay. just the big story of Q3 and Evola qualifying, Checo getting his podium. Yes, huge. Um, We're going to... We'll do the lap times real quick. Sorry, yeah, sorry to cut you off. No, uh, we had Checo at a 128.2. Um, Leclerc at a 128.225. He was two tenths or two one hundredths behind so, Checo. So tight, eh? Uh, Sainz was a 128.4 and Verstappen was a 128.4. He was six tenths behind Sainz. Yeah. So... Really, it's one of, the, one of the first times in a long time we've seen Max out qualified by any teammate. Too. I know, yeah, that was bizarre. I mean, it wasn't really bizarre because I fully want to give uh, Checo deserves every every no, bit did. of, that, of uh, that pole position, and he put in a lap. I love, I like seeing that you had like last year. It was kind of like it was the Lewis and Max battle, so Checo was kind of playing that. But now it's the team, the team game, kind of right. Now it's good to see like he's like, okay, well, I can compete just as good as Max. I'm putting out these. You know, flying, flying, uh, qualifying laps, and I'm just fucking. He, he's ready to do it. I I would love to see him win a couple races this year. It'd be great. And I love this. I love to see the battle at the top between these four drivers. I want I want Science to get a win this year. Sorry, I'm getting off track. No, I think we'll, he will. We'll, I we'll think Science will probably get there. He yeah. get his moment. And then I want to say this for record. I want Mick Schumacher to go top ten in one of the races this year, which I don't think is a far stretch. Nope. And I will dress in an entire racing suit with a helmet for the duration of the podcast. <laughs> I prom I I promise you I'll do that. That's on your your wish list or your. I, your it's on my wish list, and I I want to wear a racing suit because I want to drive a fucking race car one day. <laughs> I'll do the same thing. I'll just wear a snowsuit because I don't Dude, have a racing suit. I I I don't have one, but I can get one. <laughs> I can definitely get one. But yeah, that's it. If if Mick Schumacher goes top ten, get some things. Yes, if he goes top 10, I will wear a full race suit, a racing helmet for the duration of the podcast. <laughs> you will not see my face. <laughs> That'd be a good That's thing. what how we're going to do. Get your bike in there. Like, <laughs> should, yeah. You yeah, like fish it. <laughs> yeah, fish it through Just like helmet. how they drink water. Just, <laughs> All right, we'll get to the race. Put a breathing tube in your microphone. <laughs> um, we'll get to the race, but last thing I just want to say real quick before we get to the race. With Checo and with Red Bull, like the the big goal is always to get Max a world championship. Yeah, and we've seen before how close he's been and how competitive he is. Having teammates that aren't as competitive, I mean, before Checo, it would it would have been Ricardo. Yes, his most competitive teammate. You know, you had the Albon. Oh, yeah, sorry, you had Gasly. Gasly, Albon, not first, not Albon. competitive at all. So now that Max has his title, I think with Checo coming into the team last year. That was Red Bull's attempt to say, okay, now we're going to fight for the championship. We have a better driver, more experienced driver. We know Checo can perform. It took him a while to get used to the car, like like we've seen many times before with other drivers. He it adapted. Took him, took him a while to get adjusted, but he got there towards the end of the season, and obviously the biggest payoff coming in the Abu Dhabi, the last race of the season. Yeah. Um. So this year, it's like, now I think they're fully invested in the team to win at Constructors. Because yeah. it's eluded them from so long. I think they did. They win it when Vettel won the titles. They they won it. They must have had it. Uh, those four years they won it. Yeah, because they had Mark Webber there too. Yeah, a, they won it those driver. four years. So I mean, it's been well, eight seasons basically. Eight seasons, yeah. So it was it was Red Bull for those four years, and then Braun four, GP. And then eight. Okay, then Braun, and then eight Braun Mercedes. And then Mercedes, yeah. So it's been it's been a minute. It has been, yeah. And I, I I agree with you. I think I now you. this is gonna be their big time to show. Okay, we're gonna go hundred percent into the into the team. Max, we're still going to fight for you. Checo, if you get a win, you get a win. If you take it away from Max, you take it away from Max. But it's still points to Red Bull. 
so they can't be too pissed by it. Yep. Whereas we saw it last year, in the, even with, with Albon before too, we saw kind of like the Lewis effect a little bit. Like if Max was a bit behind, he would get the pass through. Yes. I don't think it's happening this year. I think, you know, Christian Horn is going to let the boys fight, mm-hmm. let them race. Yep. And as long as they don't both crash out, if they finish P1, P2 in any order. Who I looks think like the genius. I think they're fine with it. Christian Horner. Yeah. And he even um, said before too, like, sorry. To cut no, you no, off. go ahead. I think he said before too, like in an interview saying how, I think you told me this, um, He's talking about the the difference difference between Red Bull and Mercedes, and saying how Mercedes has never had to fight for anything. They've been like a financial like guru yeah, yeah. for so long. They're a well oiled, well lubed uh, machine already. And with Red Bull, yeah, that's kind of like what Toto came in and like inherited. Yeah, Toto or Christian Horner's had to fight for everything. Yeah. Well, you had Ross Braun. Ross Braun pretty much created that entire right. Mercedes team, and then Toto just came in and looked like the genius. Which I don't give any discredit to Toto. I think he's great. Great oh, in the business aspect of yeah, Formula One. He's a hell of a job. Yeah. And, you know, he's a, what is he, an owner? He's an owner of fucking Mercedes AMG. He's an owner of the team. Yeah, it's great for him for a financial side. It's also great for him publicly, winning all these uh, constructors' titles and, yeah. and uh, uh, driver's champions, right? Um, but, yeah, no, I think, uh, I think that either way it pans out this year. So if you have Ferrari and Leclerc winning or Sainz winning, that's their last. Their last, I think, driver's championship was 2007 with Kimi. I think Kimi so, yeah. won 2007. So if you had a Ferrari driver's champion for, since then, so you have 2007 to now, and then you had Vettel being the last Red Bull champion to last year. Mm-hmm. Think about the craziness of the last like 15 years, 15 years in Formula One. Mm-hmm. It's been nothing but Mercedes-Hamilton. Yeah, now really. it's like feels like we're coming into a new era of these drivers. Like you know, you have your Verstappen, your your Leclerc, your Signs, your Norris, all these young guns. They're the new generation of F one. They're the ones that are going to be around for a long time. They're like yep. the they're they're like when Lewis Hamilton was like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yep. You know what I mean? Like now that's dawning on them, and I think that there's a lot of better. No, I don't want to say better drivers, but I think there's a lot of really good drivers in this generation. That I don't want to say more competitive. But I want to say that there's going to, I hope there's going to be a lot more tighter races, tighter seasons mm-hmm. for like the years to come. Yeah, for sure. And like, yeah, I mean, Ferrari showing big signs, big improvements. Yeah. And like we touched on a couple podcasts ago, the duo of Leclerc and, and signs like that, they can have that for 10 years. They could. It's like, where do you go from Ferrari? Like, where, like if you, if they can sustain a winning culture with Ferrari with these two guys, they're not going to leave. I would love to see Mick Schumacher in a Ferrari one day, though. Ah, uh, that's the dream, but, like... I know. He's That'd be crazy, play. though. Could you imagine? It's gotta be signs. Signs gets booted? It's gotta be signs that goes. Leclerc's... Like, I, I know. They're gonna keep... Leclerc's, Leclerc's, a, Leclerc's uh, the Ferrari golden boy. Yeah, he's there. He's, like, their max. Like, he's he's yeah. gonna be there forever. He's their boy. Um, That'd be, that'd be crazy, though. Yeah. Well, I think everyone kind of wanted that or expected that. I think so, too. Yeah. I love um, Leclerc. Great guy. All right. To the race. To the race. Uh, Lap one. You know, that race to the to the first turn. Not one of the longer straights that we have in no. in the circuit, no, or in the the calendar race calendar. The 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 I think it's the circuit. Yeah, the circuit. Yeah, that's yeah. the circuit. Right, it, is circuit. it is the circuit. Uh, not one of the longest straights, so that you know that quick dash. So it means like a fifty yard or fifty meter sprint. Yeah, pretty much. The, yeah, to the first corner <laughs> doesn't allow for much passing opportunity. I mean, Checo did a good job getting that inside line, taking the advantage that he had. Um, the big you know the big jump up was for Sappen going from P four to P three. Yep. In that little exchange, getting past Carlos Sainz. But for the most part, you know, it was a very clean um, lap one. 
Um, which, which I'm surprised about. Yeah, me too. Because he's got so much congestion. It's like those first couple of turns. Eh? Ba- based off of last year's start. I think they had, there was three safety cars last year. Yeah, it was a ton. Two, re- two race red, restarts. A couple red flags. Two race restarts. So technically three three starts. Could you imagine? Yeah, it was almost a two and a um, half hour race last year. It was long. It was a long a long race. But yeah, no, Um, for the most part, it was a really clean start. Um, And then uh, coming in, like Checo covered, I think, all the lap times up until he pitted. Um, which was lap 16, I believe, uh, when he pitted right right before the Latifi safety car, which yeah. totally screwed him because it turned, you, it, it turned the race over. Yeah, and if you look at the lap times, he had everyone covered by like point two. He was he was two two tenths up on Leclerc yeah. for the majority of that time. So he was, I think he was definitely deserving of that of that race win. Definitely got robbed. I know I understand that's racing and shit happens, but I definitely don't want to take any discredit. Or I don't want him to take any discredit for, you know, that pole lap that he put in in that uh, in the qualifying round and just the race pace in general that he had that weekend at Jeddah was was unreal. Yeah, he had almost a two and a half or three second lead on the Claire when he did make the pit stop. Yeah, he was flying, and it was cool to hear like the over over the radio like exchange because. We heard Leclerc first of all was thinking about going to the pits with Ferrari. Yeah, the bluff. And then Red Bull came in and pitted instead. Leclerc stays out. I love that exchange too. It's always like whatever they do, do the opposite. Yes. You hear that all the time in racing now. Yep. Because so if you don't want to try and get the overcut, do the opposite. Try and get the undercut, do the opposite. Yep. Um. So, you know, Leclerc puts a flyer out there and then right when Checo makes his pit stop, half a lap later, you got the Latifi crash, puts everything down to a, like a snail's pace. Yep. Everyone can go make their pit stops at half the time. Checo comes back out in P4. He was P3. Was it P3? He was P3, oh, and then he the did signs. a lap because well, he, 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 he was – him and Sainz, yeah. they, Sainz came out of the pit before him, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess if someone comes out of the pit lane before you, they they have the right to that they're, spot. It's if they're a, ahead of you before the pit line. Yeah, it's like a race to the line. Whoever gets past that line first – Gets the position. Gets the position. So Checo was like – they said half a meter or something. Ba- yeah, barely. Behind. Barely. So he you know pulled ahead of Sainz thinking that he made the, the right spot. Yeah. Science thought he got it. Again, kind of annoying that the FIA didn't change that during the safety car. Yeah. Because it's as quick as simple as looking at the replay and yeah. say, okay, whose car touched the line first? Just make the switch around before the actual restart of the race. Yeah. I mean, why can't you just do that? Like it makes it makes way much more like way much more sense to do that. Yes. I, I safer too. I, I found another uh, I was listening just during the race. One of the uh, commentators was saying, this wasn't the Crofty uh, feed, the international feed. This was that other one. I didn't find that international feed until after the race. So I got, I missed that whole race with Crofty. I was so upset. Ah. I, I love listening to that guy. Yeah, he's good. So much more than these duds that are on the other one. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they were saying that if a driver overtakes like off track, say it's, it's not a legal overtake, but say he overtakes you off the track and yet it's up to his discretion actually during the race to give the spot back. It's not a it's not a mandatory thing. It's completely up to him. They've changed it instead of the the team ordering that spot back or him having to give it back because the F, the stewards deem it have to give it back. What they'll do is they'll just let him race, and it's completely up to the driver's discretion to to let them overtake. And then at the end of it, they'll review, and then it goes to the stewards. So pretty much the whole duration of the race, think anything can happen. Yeah, it's a spicy meatball, man. Yeah, like, why would you? That's that's what the the FIA changed this rule that rule this year. Why do they make it so complicated? Just make it clear cut. I don't know. Like, again, I, I think... Either way, you should give the spot back. I did hear it's that... It's like in golf. I did... What do you mean? It's like in golf, like <laughs> if you, like, fucking move your ball. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, oh, no, I didn't move it. And then I, and then you shoot, like, you know, 
your 79 when you really shot 80. I think I did hear also on the broadcast they were saying how you can't you can't overtake during a safety car, but it's not an overtake where you're driving to, to overtake the person. You're being ordered to like pass somebody. I'm saying like, like if I like if we were just if we were just regular like I'm P10 you're P9 okay we're under safety car I can't pass you like obviously because you're in a safety car makes sense but they also said like they can't make the drivers even if it's an order from the stewards they still can't overtake on a safety car so I guess they actually couldn't do the signs over a checkle because it was during a safety car oh like for positioning oh saying. you're saying it like so after the safety car that's why checo gave the position back to science yeah so okay i see what you're saying so, but that's what i'm saying though gotcha. i don't get why they can't make it in real time like okay it's a safety car we're all going slower yeah just do it we reviewed it science gets the place they let the lap cars pass what's the difference I know, that's what i mean that i don't understand how that works because again like it did happen where checo did get the spot over but it was during the course of the race mm-hmm. where again it was like we seen last year at jetta Max was ordered to give the place back. Hamilton and Max, you know, had their little hissy fit. Oh, yeah. Max gets rear-ended during an overtake that he's allowing Hamilton to make, and then all hell breaks loose. If they were making this call right now, well, the, well, the, the call they should have made just last race so under safety car avoids that completely from happening. Yeah. Because I'm yeah, like, I see what you're saying. Like, if Checo yeah. like, lets him go past, let's say, like going into like a turn somewhere, and they make contact, who gets like, maybe there's miscommunication. Mm-hmm. That would completely be avoided under safety car. I agree. So, like, why not just get it done before you begin racing under green flags again? Yeah, it's it's more. You're just saying in general, you're saying it's more cautious that way. Hundred percent. You're yeah. under caution. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. Make definitely, ca- definitely pass. Make a cautious move. I agree with that. We should send a letter. We should write a letter. I'm gonna write a letter. I'm gonna write a letter. Um, and then yeah, lap sixteen to fourteen. That was just pure, pure adrenaline. I think when pure I was racing, watching. pure racing adrenaline. I could only imagine Otmar uh, Safnauer is probably still having heart palpitations from it. Guy's not in the best shape either. Nah. Um, but uh, the Alpine duel is what we're talking about between yes. Fernando Alonso and Ocon. Really cool. That really was cool sweet. It was great to see uh, the drivers like putting the car to the test kind yep. of thing, right? And I just, I have this like weird theory. I'm like, before the race, I bet you they saw each other and like, hey, buddy, I, I fucking bet you 100 bucks I beat you tonight. Those guys are maybe like, oh, I bet you 10 grand. But like, they're like, like, oh, I bet you I beat you tonight. In, in team betting? Yeah, like, it, yeah, exactly. Well, okay, well, not like that. Just no, drive between know, driver still, to driver. Still, still, yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, I just have this weird theory. I'm just like, oh, that's probably what they did. Fernando Alonso seems like a fun guy, too. Mm-hmm. Probably does it. Yeah, he just loves to drive. He loves to race. It's awesome. And I think you, you said it before, like, your biggest competitor is your teammate. For sure. Like you could have, yeah, your Max and Lewis battle, maybe your Max and Leclerc battle this year. When it comes down to it, they're in the same car. They're matched you 100%. So whoever's better, that's your opponent. Because that's always your comparison, right? Yeah. That's always your... From a driver's standpoint, it's your opponent. From a team standpoint, those are your players. So you're on the same team, obviously, right? Because when it comes down to, I mean, these guys don't all sign huge Max contracts. No. They're under one, two, three-year contracts. So if you... Let's say they're both under two-year contracts. You need to perform. And they're coming up to, you know, become a free agent, whatever it is. You got to beat your teammate or else they're obviously going to take the other guy. Yeah. It go, that kind of goes without saying, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's you're losing your job. Yeah. You, you losing your seat is losing your job. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I mean, if a guy, especially like Checo and Max, like if Checo has this opportunity to shine and, you know, even just do super well for Red Bull, at least he can show other teams that are bigger, you know, like maybe one day Mercedes or... Um, whatever, like Alpine or Ferrari, who knows? You get you're you're showing these big teams that you can handle it, racing at Red Bull, and yeah. that you you have the pace, 
and that you have the stamina to race for a high level team like that. Yeah, like his first, you know, six, seven seasons was kind of like an audition. Yeah. And then his last season in Racing Point, when he was becoming a free agent, was his interview. And yeah, then his last race, it's the hiring process, his last race, the long won, fucking process. When he got his first win in Bahrain, that was his acceptance letter saying, <laughs> "Bring me to Red Bull. I'm the fucking guy. Like, I put in all my work, all my effort. This is what I can do. Sign me up to the big squad." Yeah. Um, and we talked about how, you know, the new cars, new regulations, allow you know tighter driving, closer driving, and we saw it a little bit in Bahrain, not as much like back and forth kind of stuff. Yeah, but. This duel between the Alpine cars is awesome. what they want to have happen because we've seen so many times where two cars are driving or racing against each other. Mm-hmm. One guy hits a DRS straight, gets past him, and then he moves on and gains five seconds. Yeah. Now, it's back and forth. Yeah. You got you got your Alpine who they're just like, guys, stop stop racing like this. This is just horrifying. You guys are going to crash the cars. We're going to get two DNFs. We're going to have to pay millions of dollars to repair the cars. And then you have the FAI saying, this is what we fucking want. This yeah. is prime and example. Have, this is perfect. Keep it up. You have your audience saying this is what we want too. Exactly. Like I don't want, yeah, it's amazing to see, you know, the the speed and the pace of cars. So you have to be able to hit a DRS and then go past. But you're getting 12 kilometers an hour on a straight. That's great. They, you know, invented that, you know, years and years ago to allow for better passing opportunities. Yes. Now with the new regulations, that's still there. Their cars still get passed on those straights, but they don't pull away five seconds. No, the the car it's easier for them to follow. That's what it is. And when they first started saying that with the cars, I didn't totally understand what they meant. Easier to follow. It's it's that's exactly what it meant. After the DRS, it doesn't like when the car passes you with the DRS and he gets up and, and he pulls in front of you, all that air is just throwing you around, so it's hard and you yeah. don't get DRS back right away, right? Right. Yeah. So what that allows it to do is the air shut up, so it's like, oh, he passed me a DRS. You see it with you saw it with uh, Charles and Max in Bahrain, and even at, at Saudi. You know what I mean? Like Leclerc lets Verstappen go by on that on the DRS. Uh, I think it was before the last turn, and then the yeah. final turn, the final straight. Leclerc comes back. He's like, well, this I I know I can follow him. I can keep this pace with him up until the the final straight. And then you fire the DRS on, and yeah. then you can see even at the end when Verstappen did, he had DRS, then he just kind of like backed off a little bit. He's like, okay, I can follow him now because the cars can follow easier. Yeah, it was really cool. And like years have passed, it's like if you hit one DRS straight, you're gone. Yeah. And like that's that's that guy, that's that position. It's gone now. Yeah, but now Now you can fight for it. It's back and forth. It's more fighting, more competitive. And I love it because we just haven't seen this before. And for the FIA and for everyone to get together and say this is how we want it to be and for the teams to be on board. And I think for the drivers, for the most part, to also be like majority on board. Because now it gives them more opportunity, right? Like, let's yeah. say, I mean, we'll get past this battle and we'll go to the Hamilton Magnuson battle. Whoever thought this was going to happen, even like last year, like, yeah, the cars are different last year completely, mm-hmm. but now you're seeing a Mercedes with Hamilton and a Haas with Magnuson going back and forth, tilt to tilt. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. The FAA is just splurging right now. They love it. They're Which, super happy. I mean, they've gotten shit on before. So, like, again, I'll say yeah, it one time. FIA, good job. Like, I, I will completely agree with the, all these real, these changes this year. They seem like I they're think doing the trick. They're doing a good, good job. It's good. And so far, I mean, I know we're only two races in. We're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. But after the two races, it just looks great. But it's two. It's also two races where, like, not much happened. No. Like, obviously, this past race, like, the big the big uh, excitement was the last like four or five laps. Mm-hmm. That's what it came down to. Yeah. But throughout the course of the race, like nothing crazy happened. Yeah. The Checo, you know, pit stop happened. That's kind of flipped the table a little bit, mm-hmm. but most races, like from years before, we don't see many 
oh, like lap 27 is like really important lap because like there's a battle between 12th and 11th place. Yeah, now it was a battle between first and second place. But it's also like a battle between 12th and 11th place, and then it's like a DRS straight happens, and then the guy's gone. Yeah, and it lasts like one lap. Yeah, these are these are battles that are lasting 10, 12 laps. Like the Alpine battle was, you know, eight laps. Hamilton Magnus and Duel like took a couple laps. Like they were going back and forth. Yeah. Usually it's like a one lap and you're kind of gone. You can hit entire like highlight package of just overtakes from DRS and be done in five seconds. Yeah, I liked I like when you watch you, they'll they'll pan to someone like doing overtakes. Say for uh, example, it was it was when Alonso passed Ocon, and then you literally see the leaderboard change and then it changes again because they came back so quick. You're like, oh my god, he just took the position back. It's fucking awesome. I love it. And then it also, the cool part is too, like allows other cars to follow as well behind that because yeah. during that Alpine battle, Bottas, Bottas was creeping in the, the weeds. Snake in the grass. He's like, yo, I'm going to sneak in on this shit. Yeah. Like, he's smart. He's, like, he's cooling his tires. He's keeping them like preserved, ready for the fight. You got Alpine. Also, yeah, think about the fighting. They're just like taking the life out of their tires like crazy, yeah. right? Um, Actually, I think at one point, Fernando Alonso locked up on the straight because Ocon covered him off on yeah. the left because he yeah. was going to take the inside and turn one. Um. Yeah, that was pretty sick. That that duel, probably one of the ep- more epic ones we've seen, mm-hmm. uh, and it lasted. Well, it was like, lasted eight laps. Yeah, almost ten laps. Pretty like, sweet. And again, it's just it allows for more exciting racing because to the casual fan, you tune in and you. I mean, I know people that just like tune in for the highlights afterwards. They don't even watch the actual race because I don't know. Nothing happens it. in the mid, you know, mid twenty laps. Let's just say like nothing really happens, or you skip through because like you don't really care. You watch the start for two laps and then you watch the end for five yeah. laps but so watching but now, something live happen oh i know that's why i love it so much better i can't not watch live kelly's just like oh why don't you record it i'm like i can't do that <laughs> i've never recorded maybe once or twice i've recorded something yeah. i can't do it yeah we also are going to be watching the uh, australian grand prix in two weeks live time yeah so we have qualifying at 2 a.m on saturday morning or no friday yeah saturday morning Saturday morning and then the Grand Prix is at 1 a.m. on Sunday morning. Woof. We are going to be recording our podcast also on... The, we're going to do a qualifying podcast and a race podcast. We're going to have two for you guys. Yep. Um. Yeah, so up to lap 16, we had that big duel between uh, your Alpines and that you know great 16 laps actually from Checo and the 2-4 at the front. Um. But yeah, lap 16, the Latifi crash, not surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, Lacrash, he's horrible. Lacrash. Um, la in the wall. La, I can't turn around the final corner. <laughs> la, I'm just wasting millions of dollars on my team. Is that three wrecks in three races dating back to last year? He is. He He. I honestly, I bet you on the last turn. I I bet you he crashes six more times this year for fun, for fun. Matches his race number. Yeah, there you go. Repping the six, Latifi. <laughs> <laughs> real I didn't hard. even think of that. Repping real hard. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, he's horrible. He's just <laughs> fucking horrible. Like, get out of there, man. I know. I mean, oh, you don't. I, I mean, I understand you're not driving the best car, but you can't crash the fucking car twice. You crash in a quali. Yeah. You crash in the fucking race. You crash in by rain. And the comment the commentators were saying, I think it was. Um, That's three races. The in Jensen a row. button they had yeah, on. It is three races in a row. Yeah, dating back to last year. Yeah. On the last turn. What is wrong with this guy? I don't Fellow know, Canadian, I get it. Hey, man, how are you? But Come on the pod. Figure it out, dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jensen Button came out and said it was because he got onto the gas too quick after the turn. They got on the throttle too fast. Yeah. So he's just being a little impatient with the car, I think. Or maybe he thinks he, he thinks the car has like the handling to get around the turn and then get on the gas real quick. But it doesn't. But it just doesn't. 
I mean, again, the... I don't know, but there's, I just find it funny that you always see that guy in the wall. I know. All the time. And it's tough because... It's like, oh, the TV crashed again. It's tough because I think... Like, you race so many laps, obviously, and it's, like, literally a one-second thing. Like, your time yeah, is off by second. one second. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. Wall. I mean, it, it happens. We don't see it happen all the time, clearly. You know, the top 10 don't do that for a reason. The top 15 drivers don't do that for a reason. The top 19 drivers don't do that for a reason. Hello. But, I don't know. I think it's just... You can't really say it's an experience. You can't really say it's it's poor, you know, vehicle. Because like, Albin hasn't wrecked yet. Albin's finished. I, I'm just going to say... I, you can say it. You can say that he's not a good driver. What has he done in, in his entire Formula One career he's in the that has tier. made your eyes and your brain explode? He's in the bottom tier. Bottom tier? Yeah. Like dead last? Of like three or four. I'm going to call him like 20th. I can't think. I can't, 20th on the grid. I can't name any drivers that are that are worse off than him right now. I can't. <laughs> I'm trying to think. The only <laughs> other one that comes he's to mind. He's got two DNFs this year. The only comes to mind, unfortunately, is Lance Stroll, the fellow Canadian. Like, I mean, maybe we just can't drive, man. Still crap. I mean, I guess it's not in our nature. Uh, maybe if they're driving in, like, Yellowknife or something on some ice, they might be a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, they should go do rally cars. Hey, that might be not bad. Well, well it's more more of that taste. I mean, you're drifting around. You can't wider, try it. Yeah, it's wider. wider. tracks. Don't have to. It's not a wall. I'm trying to. Yeah, you, you, you stop you're it. doing, like, you're driving in a forest. Which is actually still pretty sketchy. Rally car is pretty it's terrifying. It's, it's insane. They're jumping the car. I know. It's insane. I've seen some cars go like into the crowd before. Yeah, but obviously the biggest thing, the turnout of the Latifi crash, was Checo getting sent down to P4 for yep. the duration of the race. Yeah, which sucked. And you know what it was crazy? How you were saying Jetta is a high speed track. The average speed of the fastest driver, who was Charles Leclerc, Charles Leclerc, was 242 kilometers an hour. Average speed. Average speed. Yeah, because like there's like other that than, is insane. Other than the hairpin at the end going down like the main street, mm-hmm. there's not many slow corners at this track. No, so you're 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 full flat throttle, out. Yeah, you're flat out. Two hundred. Could you imagine an average speed going two hundred and forty-two kilometers an hour? It's terrifying. It's insane. I think they said when Mick had his wreck in Q two, it was he was pulling like thirty Gs. Thirty three. Thirty three Gs when he hit the wall. Gs on the wreck, like over a turn, over a corner. Like yeah, he, he got tailspinned obviously and like whipped yeah. into the corner. Or into the wall, but... He hit so hard, man. 33 Gs into a corner, man. I thought it was kind of hilarious. I don't know why I thought it was funny, but when they are like... They had the grade all lifting up the uh, lifting up the car, and then the whole rear end just... Yeah, see like you later. Shot, like, Gunther's like a, the fucking wankers. Like a catapult. Fuck. Loved it. Um, it was hilarious. So after that, it was a very much, again... Like it was a pretty dry race after that. Dry race. Um, had I mean, it, was, it wasn't dry watching it live. I just still think it's fascinating watching the cars just... There looks like they're just jumping through the corners. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, because they're going so fast. And and going to this track, too, only the second time they've been there at Jeddah, um, maybe some of the drivers or some of the fans aren't used to seeing it. It's not really a passing track. Like, this mm-hmm. isn't what F1 really is always going to be like. Um, the Bahrain track, yeah, it's pretty good for passing. Like the main street, you see a lot yeah. of overtakes there. This one, not so much. For the F1 fans that are kind of newer to it, just wait. The tracks will show up. And they Azerbaijan will. will show up. Monza will show up. Um Miami? I'm excited for Miami. Oh, next year. This 20. year. That's this year. The Miami track. The Miami track. That's happening this year. I thought it was next year. Dude, they're that they're building a fucking pool in the middle of the in the middle of the track with I think there's gonna be boats in there. Well, that's dangerous. I saw like this uh this like kind of like architectural drawing kind of thing. It's pretty sweet. That's got yeah. safety Also, over Um if we were ever thinking this is just super random, but if we were ever thinking of who we should replace uh Latifi, I 
definitely recommend Roman DeAngelis. Yeah, shout man. out to the local boy from Windsor. Yeah, you definitely do a better job than that guy. <laughs> um, clearly, I don't see you wrecking your fucking uh, car. He races for the uh, the harder racing Aston Martin F1 team. Um, it's a GP series, I believe. Um, but yeah, super cool. Uh, if you guys know him, give him a follow. I'm sure everyone that's listening to this podcast has heard the name in yeah. one way. Yep. Um, great guy. And uh, yeah, follow his career because you never know. He could, could end up there and I, I'm pulling for him. If he you does. Know, Take he like, Latifi's spot. Is he like your age? Around your age? He's my sister's age. Oh, he's, he's uh, really He's young. in 02. Wow. Or no, oh, 2001. So he's got time to grow still. Yes. Like I know he's doing some pretty good stuff. I see him like play some podiums, but he's got time to still like grow and actually become. Yeah. He's a know, big kid. Next I driver. think he's like six one. Wow. He'd probably be the, the tallest kid, tall, tallest guy on the on the F one circuit. No, I think he's taller than six one. Dude, he's tall. George if you've seen I think this George kid, like six three, man. Is he six three? He'd be a point guard. <laughs> yeah, he could be a point guard. Point guard. <laughs> point anyway, God. we'll get back to it. But yeah, shout out Roman. Um, Let's get him on the pod. Yeah, that'd be yeah. I actually messaged him one time. I was thinking about it. For he's get, getting him on. No, no, he he said he'd do it, but I, I we just I want to we want to get a little more established. I think you know what I mean. Uh, like what are we gonna be asking him? Oh, how's uh how's school? <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll get you on here. Don't what's worry, the, Roman. What's the weather like? I'm from Windsor. Yeah, it's like oh yeah yeah. Um, yeah. So like we were saying before, uh, the lap from 16 to what was it when it was Leclerc and the Verstappen battle 43. Almost from lap end it, from really. lap 24, you had the Hamilton and Magnussen duel, which was awesome. Um, and uh, the Actually, there was some there was some big uh, some big news. Yeah. Well, it wasn't really big because it wasn't much that happened really. Yeah, it was just like the curse of the Jetta track. We're talking about lap thirty six when three drivers retired. Yeah. You had Alonso, Ricardo, and Bottas. You're just like, what the hell happened? Did a ghost just fly over the track and just shut all these engines off and just end it? I so from my perspective, going just from our our F one fantasy on the Brazen the Brazen fantasy league that was. An upset. I had it was a bit of an upset, but I had Bottas as like one of my drivers that I picked. Yep. So he was sitting around in like P eight for a while, P nine, and then I saw him go to the pits for for mediums with like yeah twenty laps left or fifteen laps left, and I was like, damn, like Bottas is gonna make make some moves here. It's a good spot. And then I saw a caution flag come out, and I was like, no way. Yes, he's pitting under caution. He got the jump on it. Oh, but he was pitting because it was he, his caution. He he's the yellow flag. You are the yellow flag. It was his caution. So I think he came out for one. <laughs> I think he did like one lap. Yeah. And then his car like just shut off. So he had to go in the pits. And then he began like the train of caution flags. And then it was, I think, Alonzo. It was next, Alonzo and then, then Ricardo. Alonzo was limping towards the the pit lane. I think he wasn't stuck. Yeah. In, it looked like he was stuck in fourth gear. Just saw what I saw on the TV. Yeah, he was just cruising. Like in Ricardo. Like, I thought he was going to stop out. on track. I'm like, are we going to get another safety car? Which was going to, which would actually have spiced it up at the front. Because mm-hmm. then you would have packed up your uh, Leclerc, Verstappen, Sainz, and Perez. And for that to happen, too, Hamilton got the jump. I think he got a big advantage because he, did. he was probably around P14 for a while. And then with all this happening, I think he was in the prime spot to get into the pits at the beginning of the caution. Mm-hmm. So he actually got that, like, you know, um, it was, I think it was a virtual safety car. No. So I think he got in. Hamilton didn't get in during that. Hamilton was was driving by, oh, and, he just and Bono it. Bono he was like box box, and he's like, oh fuck, man, he's like, it's too yeah. late. But he did come out and the then time to get it though. when he came. Well, no, because he, he drove through and they closed the pit lane. They closed the pit lane. What's that? What am I talking about? Then? No, they closed the pit lane entry. They didn't allow you to pit. Am so I taking one, crazy pills? When the race restarted, they're like, okay, Lewis pit right away. Uh, okay, well he did get a jump though. 
They like got did, him to pit like as soon as the pit lane was open, which was yeah. ba- which was when the race restarted after the VSC. And also too, like the three guys that retired were all three ahead of him. So yeah. he did obviously get a three place. Yeah. And Magnuson. Magnuson Jump. pitted, I think, at the same time as him. Mm-hmm. I think around that around that because they were they were they started on hard, so they were yeah. pretty much on the same tire strategy for the most the longest part of the race. Yeah. So if you're at lap I think yeah, lap thirty six was how long those hard tires lasted them. About, and then yeah. they both went on mediums. Or did Magnuson go back on hards? I don't remember. I they think... went. They went on a new. I don't think they went back on hards. I'm almost positive they. Yeah, went. I think it's around lap forty. They end up making the change or something, or thirty eight, whatever it was. Like Whenever the BSC ended. After. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, but he did. I don't know. Spots. He did like, spots. I don't know what's going on. With, if well, actually, those are all three different powertrains. I was just gonna say that. So you have your Alpine who it's tough for them to kind of gauge what's wrong with the car because they don't see it on any other power units. You don't see any other Alpine uh, ran, or sorry, Renault ran car retiring, right? Yeah. So you see one problem with Fernando, you're like, oh shit, Esteban's probably going to have the same problem. That was um, the Red Bull thing last last race. Exactly. Um, Gasly, Gasly go Gasly out, goes and then you're like, oh. goes, Checo goes. Yeah. Like, By the way, that was a vacuum problem. If you, For all the people that didn't read it, I guess there was a fuel pump uh, vacuum issue and it's basically sucking the fuel out of the uh, out of the tank. Fuel sucker. I don't know where that. Where would it go then? In the atmosphere, just not into the into the uh, chamber, the combustion chamber. I don't know. Uh-huh. It was a vacuum issue, so that they got to take those shop vacs out of those engines or whatever. Fucking know. That sucks. <laughs> that does. That does suck. <laughs> sucks fuel. Idiot. Um, and then yeah, Ricardo retiring was just another Mercedes problem. Yep. Uh, Bottas, Ferrari. Yep. But I guess. Bottas and Joe, they had hard. Uh, Bottas had a hard time last uh, race, off the start too. There was a clutch problem. Joe had the same had the same problem, which was a clutch problem. So there's maybe something going on with the Alpine. We're not sure what it was. I guess the engine still worked for Bottas, but they to prevent further damage, they retired the car. There's which a means lot of there's less lot money of, spent. There's a lot of kinks in the car still. Yeah, we're just starting out. This yeah, is the second race, and it's not like years in the past where they're just like you know revamping the car a little bit like adding little minor improvements here and there they're rebuilding cars for this year yeah so clearly there's going to be some manufacturing problems some reliability problems here and there yeah amongst all teams we've basically seen it already amongst all teams like what what car has been running flawless so far this season the haas <laughs> it has been only haas really there hasn't been any problems with it except for in preseason testing i mean aston martin is just kind of poo-poo but yeah, I don't hear much about there's that. There's not really problems going on with that. I really yet. want to see. I want Vettel back. I want to see how Vettel can do with this Aston Martin because clearly Stroll can't do anything. Hulkenberg is just a scrub. That's why he's not racing in Formula One. So I just I want to see Vettel back. I want I, to see what I want. I really want to see what the Aston Martin can do because I think it's got more capability than what the two ding dongs that are driving it put into it. I agree, and I think I saw on Twitter today Hulkenberg announced like, "Thanks for my." My trial, basically, with Aston Martin. I think he's yeah. going to be. I yeah. think Vettel's going to be back for next uh, next race. Now, yeah. thanks for coming. Don't come back. Yeah, I think it was like, I think he said something like, "Thanks for my my return to F one like three or something." Because mm-hmm. he's raced for three different teams. They're like, coming back, <laughs> so like he's. I mean, he's on call. He's there. He's, yeah, he is. On, he's he's there. a floater. Yeah, he's a floater. <laughs> um, so yeah, that lap thirty six stuff. It yeah, it spiced again, spiced it up a little yep. bit. And then there was actually some uh, yellow sectors, uh, sector one. Sector, uh, there was a yellow flag when Leclerc and uh, Verstappen were battling it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, William, so Albin drove into Stroll, and yeah. then Albin had to retire. 
because like his tire, I don't think his front left was uh, turning. Um, but broke, yeah, so that, I think you know what that actually gave Max the advantage because he was in the lead. But if you're looking at the um, the pace that the Ferrari had through the first sector was way faster than the Red Bull. I think they were up three tenths in the first sector for the most part. Um, but the Red Bull through the second and third was just mm-hmm. way, way more raw power. But yeah, so if that yellow flag in sector one, which means you have to decrease speed. And that's why Max was complaining. I also think Max complained way too much that race. Yeah, he does. Like, come on, dude. I mean, I think every driver does because it's like, why is this I understand that, but, it, but it's like, you're not making any mistakes, really. Well, when do you ever hear a driver say, oh yeah, that was my bad. It's always someone else's fault. Yeah, I know. I understand. Um, and with, with Max being able to outlast the Ferraris in sectors two and three, that's kind of been Red Bull's like bread and butter for their entire. I don't existence. know what it is. There's their sector just, two and it's three chassis, baby. It's just that Red Bull chassis, it's the Red Bull Arrow, is so good, it's and that's why, that's, that's why. that's why they. Sorry, they do. Sorry. That's why why they just do so well on street tracks. I think because, yeah. like the Monaco's, the Singapore's, even Canada, which is like Canada has like we have our straights, but still a street track technically. Yep. The Red Bull car is just like supreme, on those kind of tracks because yeah. There might be one long DRS straight on a specific track, but then the rest, 85% of the tra- of the race, it's turns. It's in and outs. It's tight corners. It's like, yeah. you know, fast and slow. It's a mixture of everything. And the Red Bull just performs like beautifully under those conditions. Yeah, it's a very it's a very versatile car for the types of tracks that are on the circuit. Yeah. So for the Ferrari to be supreme in like 33% of the track on like the power straights, mm-hmm. that's great. That's where you can make your advantage up a little bit. Red Bull comes back the other sixty six percent of the race. Yeah, and that's how like Verstappen was able to catch Leclerc after the the caution. That's how Checo was able to you know get the victory or get the pole position like he did in qualifying, and just coming down the last couple laps of the race, that exchange between Leclerc and Verstappen was kind of like it was an ode to what happened last week in Bahrain. Yeah, them going back and forth tilt for tilt. Mm-hmm. Love to see it. Hilarious how they guys how they both like locked up in the last yes. race because so going into the last turn sorry, going into the second last turn it's a DRS straight yeah then it's the hairpin and then the next DRS straight down the main straight mm-hmm. so it's really strategic to to who's going to overtake who going into the hairpin yeah because then coming back on the straight you have a straight DRS you have the DRS if you're in second place and if you hold that position if you pass on the first DRS straight down the main you know main drag race mm-hmm. to the first corner. You're not going to get overtaken really until the last DRS straight again before the main straight again. Yes. So if you have that advantage, you're golden. Yeah. So it's hilarious to see them go back and forth because basically you want to be in first place on the very last lap. And these guys are race the race car drivers. They want to pass people. They want that's what they want to do. Eager. So for Leclerc to you know play a little bit more strategy game than I think Max was. Yep. The first couple times that they did it. Then Max finally clicked in. Oh yeah, maybe I should like, not pass him on the last straight yeah. before the you know, before the main one. Mm-hmm. That was hilarious. Good battle. Yeah, and and I think uh, that's kind of cool. They did the same sort of thing in Bahrain last yeah. uh, last week. Um, but either way, it's just smart driving. It's you never really seen anything like that. You don't you don't see DRS strategy kind of thing. So actually, last time we saw a DRS strategy was I think last year Saudi Arabia when Max like let Lewis pass and he yeah right into DRS zone so we could pass him again with DRS. Yeah. Um, but no, it's cool because I mean even for Verstappen he knew that he's like okay I know I have him in sector two and three, so if I don't pass him, like if I just kind of creep up to him on the last hairpin on the last turn, 
and just not pass him, be patient. He's going to be right on. He's going to be right behind him, going into the DRS straight, right? Yep. So smart by him, hold him off in the in the first sector because that's realistically where the Ferrari had most of its pace over Red Bull, and then that he knows that he's not. They're not going to catch him in the second and third if he can put quick laps together, which which is eventually what he did. I think like I was saying earlier that yellow flag in sector one helped. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was uh. That was a pretty nice battle scene. And I think it's sweet. I was talking to Carter again, Shadow Carter. He was saying that it's cool to see that Verstappen and Leclerc are buddies. You know what I mean? It's not like last year where Verstappen came in and he's trying to take the, the championship from a seven-time world champion. He's coming in. He's, he's the world champion. He's the world champion, yeah, but it's not. he's fighting his buddy, his guy that yeah. he's fought like growing up karting with his entire, his entire career. You know what I mean? So... I think it's just cool to see those drivers go back and forth. Those drivers are up at the top. Um, they, they. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry, just looking My bad. at that. Um, yeah, no, it's just it's cool to see. Like I was saying, the them be friends, going at it. See Charles. It was a great race by Max. It was tough, hard racing. They gave each other a thumbs up after the race, uh, a hug after. Like it's just it's cool to see that. It's a respect, but also I th- I think going into the final three races. I think there's going to be some fucking drama if oh, if yeah. it's those two at the top. Yeah, you would think. You so. know, like right now, it's all it's nice, it's civil, but I'm thinking the last three when it's coming down to it, like if you had a season like last season or anything, yeah, I think Charles Charles isn't. We know he's an aggressive driver, also, right? And it all comes down to that. I think is aggression. You know, it's not who wants it more; it's who's going to throw the fucking car in the position that other guys don't want to. And that was kind of like what Max is weakness was like five years ago let's say yeah but he also he, didn't have the car to do it well he still had a like, still had a top three car yeah like five years ago or something yeah he wasn't world championship caliber yet no but he did make some like sketchy lunges where he ended up wrecking the car like, yeah he could have so finished he lacked the experience kind of yeah. thing right so he's coming around obviously and I mean, winning last year you're he's gonna get all the experience you can get from that charles same thing um obviously not winning with ferrari all of last year and year before He's never won with Ferrari. No, no, I'm saying. I'm just kidding. Monza. I'm saying just Monza. What am I saying? Well, he's won before that. He's won a couple races. Like that. And for for Sauber, Alfredari. No, for or Alfa Romeo. Ferrari. For Ferrari. Yeah, he won Monza. Let's say he's won and... more than just that. I forget how many he's won, but he's won more than just one race. Okay. Like in that season, 2019, 2020, 2019. It wasn't 2020. Sorry, yeah, 2019. I'm brain won, farting right now. I'm just. He won more than one race. I know that. Um, but I was, he just never. Vettel won it. Oh, did he win at Spa? Or was it Vettel that won at Spa that year, 2019? I think Charles won Spa. Because remember his friend's buddy passed away? Um, yeah, uh, um, he, Antoine. Yeah, Antoine. Uh, yeah, he passed away. At the, I think I think Charles won that race, actually. So this is kind of I will look right. historic. But I, I'm just saying how I think at the top now, yeah, you do have two like, hungry, young, competitive drivers. And you said how at the end of the race they give each other a thumbs up, give a hug. Mm-hmm. You'd love to see it. You saw it last year with Max and Hamilton. You still see it when they still see each other. They pass by in the paddock. They'll say like, "Hey, it kind of looks like it's forced." Yeah. With Max and Charles, it seems genuine. It does. Like they're yeah. genuinely happy for their buddy. If he doesn't win, but he wins, okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Last year you saw Lewis and Max. It's like, yeah, good job, man. Like, fuck you. Like, yeah. That's yeah. What they're actually saying inside. They exactly. Hundred really, percent. They're dying inside when they're saying congratulations. Yeah. Now they all seem to be, yeah, like humble, good competitors. They're all there for the same reason. Mm-hmm. They're all there for the right reasons. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like, it's just pictures like you and your buddies playing like in like house league hockey or something. It's great. Very different. 
di- obviously that, different circumstances. Different things at stake. Yeah. But yeah, you're not in the same team, but you're still boys. Yeah, we, we lost you guys. Hey, you scored two goals against us. Good job, man. That was sick. Yeah. Like, no, I, I think it is it is cool. It's it's just cool to see it. It's different for the sport, I think. it's Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen the real rivalry aspect of it yet. We know how competitive Max can be. We also know that Charles is very competitive too, right? But you can also have a rivalry that's civil. Like it doesn't, sure. it doesn't have to be a rivalry where it's like, I fucking hate that yeah. guy. Like last year was pushed to be civil. Yeah. It was like, we don't want to look like assholes mm-hmm. and we're just going to put this face on, put this show on. But this year, I like you say, I think it's genuine. And um, yeah, we know that Max can be like a complainer kind of deal on the track, right? Obviously, if you see. But at the same time, like I'm sure Charles would be saying the same thing in his position. Like you said, they both want to win. Yeah, if if they feel like they get they if they feel like they get mistreated in either way, they're gonna make us think about it. They're gonna talk about it. They're gonna say it. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that they can do is to talk to their engineers on the radio, mm-hmm. and then you know the FIA will hear that, and that's all they can do. Okay, we're working on it. That's what they say, right? Like, there's all the times when they say, "Oh, like he didn't he didn't go, I don't know, he didn't slow down during the caution," or like there, uh, Max was saying how Charles was he like, was crossing, crossing the pit lane line. The pit lane line. Yeah, which is a f- small infraction. I feel like it it's is, not a big fucking deal. He's wasting time complaining about that, and his engineer just says, "Okay, Max, like we're working on it. Like we told them, yeah, like, just drive, go back to just it, drive. forget about it." Yeah, which I like. I think Max and his his race engineer have a sick relationship. That they guy, all, they all kind that of guy do. is just a dog. Yeah, he's good. He's sick. Um, but yeah, no. So to end it, you had your obviously your Verstappen, you had your Charles Leclerc, and you had your Carlos Sainz top three. Sad not to see Chaco up there, but um, his week will come. Yeah, he'll be there for sure. He'll be up there. We'll based, see him up, based we'll off of this track based off of this performance this weekend we'll see him up there hopefully in australia that'd be great or even imagine i want to win mexico check will win mexico that'd be uh that's a tough track for i mean i know red bull won it last season but yeah. it's that's a tough track to if you don't have the the power capability that's a tough track to win at yeah but it looks like they do so far this at this point in the season so hopefully yeah. they carry the momentum um so yeah that's it guys make sure you uh like and subscribe to our page. Uh, follow us on Instagram at brezenf one uh, and Twitter also. Our email is brezenf one at gmail.com. Email us anything you'd like for us to talk about on the podcast or uh, if you just have any general questions. Yep. Um, but yeah, cheers for now and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Cheers. cheers.